Hello and welcome to the CS Duplicy Show. It's a pleasure to have you with us. To everyone that's liked and subscribed, thank you so much. Remember, you can catch us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, um, and all the good places. A big shout out to our proud partners at Betway. Check out betway.co.za and betwayscores.co.za. Uh, for all the latest score information, what's happening in the world of sports. So big shout out to our partners at Betway. Of course, the Betway SA20 also underway at the moment. Get your tickets now. There's the catch, 2 million rand. That's a one-handed catch. So lots of reasons to get down to the cricket across South Africa. Now it is my absolute pleasure to introduce someone that will be representing South Africa at the Olympic Games in Paris in just a couple months' time. Lauren McIver, how does that feel? Is it sunk in? Do you have to pinch yourself? I know you qualified in December last year, so it's still, wow, it's just, it feels like ages ago, but it's actually just last month, isn't it? Oh, it feels unreal. I still feel like I'm living in a bit of a dream, to be honest, but um, slowly coming back to reality, very slowly. <laughs> well, congrats. I think it's amazing. Thank you. And I mean, uh, we I've been fortunate now to interview you a few times for, for Supersport and for CGTN and... Um, I, the more I get to know you, the more I'm intrigued by your story because you've been studying in Australia the last few years. How yes. did that come about? So, so before we get into the sport climbing or some people like me who are uneducated called rock climbing and we've changed that. But anyway, how, how did the, the studying in Australia come about and marine biology? That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So uh, when I left school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. I was a little bit, call it lost had the whole world and I wanted to experience life a little bit. And so I finished school in 2019 and in 2020 I went away to the Seychelles, the, the main island Mahi, and I did a marine conservation like program, volunteer cool. program, and I dived twice a day for uh, three scuba months. Or Scoo scuba. Oh, wow, okay. I scuba so twice you qualified a day. scuba, obviously. Uh, I have an advanced and a specialty coral reef research. Excuse us. <laughs> Can you leave some talent for us, please? I mean, sorry, please carry on. So, uh, yeah, I did that for three months and then unfortunately COVID hit and I literally watched every single country shut down on the main island of Mahi and I took the last flight out of Seychelles. Oh, my and goodness. Managed to get, yeah, managed to get in back to South Africa literally before lockdown. Uh, and then I was really sad because I was like, oh, but my diving. <laughs> but then that made me realize that I wanted to study marine biology because I was literally collecting data for the national park. So I was like, this is so sick. I want to be a marine biologist. And so I looked at, I looked at UCT and I was like, oh, I don't have math and science because I didn't do math and science in school. Um, I hated school. Uh, so we, um, are we allowed to talk about your school? Yeah, are we? Uh I'm just saying you hated it. Was oh, it just because we I, don't have to mention the name? Let's not mention the name. <laughs> let's not mention the but name. But was it because of academic pressure or just the I environment? I think it's social conformity a bit. Okay. Like I, I was not interested in picking between history and business. I didn't want to do either. I would have been way more interested in learning life skills and how to pay tax and that I don't know changing why that a tire. Subject at yeah. school already. Um, they also didn't really love the fact that I didn't want to do a school sport. So I was very much, a, call it an outsider in okay. my school. I was unique. Not a cookie cutter type <laughs> student. I got you. Never got A's. <laughs> Struggled in Afrikaans. Um, so yeah, I didn't do math and, and science in school. And so I couldn't go to UCT because the prerequisite was that you needed to do core mathematics mm -hmm. and, and physics and chemistry. And so my dad was like, okay, well, we have 
we have family in Australia. Let's let's just look and see and apply. And both my brother and I got into I got into UWA and ECU. And are they rivals? Uh not necessarily not rivals. Just UWA is the expensive one, and ECU. I prefer ECU because okay. I looked at both the programs and of course UWA was the most expensive because it's on the map and ECU was less expensive. But what I really loved about ECU was that they had a work integrated learning at the end of your degree. That's cool. So your last semester of uni, you could go into into like a work placement and you could actually learn like hands-on skills. And so I just grabbed that up. I was just like... If I can get a connection, I can get into Australia and I can give myself a better life. And so I absolutely, like, I mean, it was a bit of a struggle to live there for the first six months. Like, moving to a different country takes so much time to yeah. actually integrate yourself into the various communities. And, you Is know... Is it quite close-knit in Perth? Or, I mean, I've heard um, that there's a lot of South Africans there, but at the same time, you know, it is a little bit of an adjustment, even though it kind of does feel like... Bloemfontein a little bit with a C. <laughs> Bloemfontein. So, <laughs> yeah, it is quite a close-knit community and it, it is very different to SA, but at the same time it has major similarities too. Yeah. So, I mean, the climate is exactly the same as Cape Town. Um, the people are just, call it more independent. Okay. You know, here we get nannied until we're 18 and then we go to university and we party like troopers. And then we don't have people looking after us and we have to learn a bit more. But, you know, the kids growing up in Australia, they've had to cook and clean and do the dishes and whatever their whole lives. Yeah. So it was a huge adjustment for me in terms of not having a helper, which sounds funny. But everybody in Perth was like, you have a helper, you must be rich. And I was like, um, we support the community that way. Yeah. It's not. It's just part of, it's part what of South Africa, here, you know. So in that way, it was a bit it was a bit of an adjustment. Yeah. But you know the the community there welcomed me, and I have the greatest friends there at the moment. Like, I've met so many incredible people who are just like, "Oh my gosh, you're coming back! You're coming back to Perth! <gasps> I'm so excited! That's Can't cool. wait to see you!" That's great. So I really feel like it's a place where I can live permanently. Okay, so mm. that's obviously the long term plan, Goal. right? Yeah. Um. Obviously, the climbing scene there also has exploded. I, I think mm. I, um, <clears throat> when Tokyo was postponed and then we'll watch Tokyo uh, and, and the sport climbing, we saw the speed, we saw lead, we saw bouldering. It was amazing to watch. It had huge global TV numbers. And I think that sort of trickled down into South Africa. But in other parts of the world, it really went to another level. And, and you were telling me Australia is like, just it's exploding the sport yeah no it really is and I mean I watch I have a coach there his name's Alan and he shout out to Alan shout out to Alan <laughs> what's Alan's surname Price there we go Alan Price <laughs> and so he coaches a, a kids squad and I'm not even joking those kids climb harder than I do wow like if they had come and competed in the African champs I would have been thrashed by them the kids that are up and coming in Australia are ridiculously strong and ridiculously talented. So, I mean, it's just booming. and Everybody just wants to climb. There's a massive cl like climbing community and strong climbers, you know. So I think it's, I think it's just incredible. 
So City Rock is obviously where you hang out most days when you're in South Africa. Yeah. Um, does Australia have similar facilities or, you know, how do we compare in terms of, I know City Rock is the exception to the rule in South Africa and, and there are other gyms that we've been to or mm. facilities or climbing where they teach and shout out to those um, respective places. But I feel like there's quite a, quite a, a gap. Yeah, so City Rock is great. It is, and it's where I hang out, and it's where I have spent the last five, six, how old is it, seven? Seven years? Your guess is as good <laughs> as mine. Training, <laughs> and it's been, it's really, it's just a wonderful community as well. And then when I'm in Perth, I hang out at a gym called the Boulder Hub, because that's Alan's gym. Um, and I also have a friend who owns a, a wall in his back garden, which I climb at every Friday night. Tell us about this wall in the back garden. It is incredible. It's like climbing. Oh, it gives you all the beans. Okay. It gives you all the beans. And he's just extended it and he extended it. I take it he's got a big garden. No. Okay. It's like, you know, the wooden wall in City Rock upstairs. Mm -hmm. Like a little bit smaller than that. Okay. So. But yeah. it, it just, it's got like all the Floats best holes. Yeah. yeah. It's just. Oh, I can but see the passion <laughs> for that. I'm just I mean. so excited to get back and climb on the extended wall because <laughs> it's what we call a spray wall, right? So it just has holds everywhere. Like there's no there's no route that you have to take. It just has holds everywhere. And then there's an app called Stoked. Shout out to Stoked. Okay. Um, and you can make, you can create your own climbs and you can save them. And so... You can put up thousands was it like of AR that that you put on your phone with it on the. Or was it actually just you, you take a photo? You or? take a photo of the wall, yeah. And then every time you want to create a new climb, you just press which holds you want included. You press the two start holds and the two or well, one or however many end yeah. holds you have, finish holds you have, and then you just call it something and save. And then anybody can climb it That's on that wall. Super cool. Yeah, and so he extended it just before I left Perth. I didn't get a chance to climb on it. So oh, well, so, you're getting back there soon. So, so excited to get onto the, onto, it's called the Gamba Shed. So shout out to the Gamba Shed. So um, you will head back to Australia now where you'll basically spend well, a couple months. Yeah. Fine tuning for Olympic Games. And yep. then hopefully you're back here for a bit in June before the big event. Yeah. So currently my plan is all funds dependent at this point. So I've booked my flights back to Perth for the 31st uh, and I will hopefully spend four months there. I'm planning on finding a job. If I don't get a job, I'm not sure what I'll do because I sort of need to support myself there. And I spend four months there training Boulder because City Rock caters towards a beginner environment, which is really great. I mean, you want people, you want beginners to come in and be like, oh my gosh, this is so inspiring. I want to climb. But it just does not have the the quality of setting that I need to elite. be. Yeah. yeah. So I'll train with Alan for four months and then I'll come back to Inside Edge Coaching or Climbing, um, which is Devin Sender, who you met the other day yep. at the gym. Super nice guy. Very nice guy. And I'll train lead with him for four months. I'm not, not four months, two months. Uh, and the reason why I've planned to do that is because in Perth, they have a building cap of 10 meters for industrial buildings. Okay. And in order for us to get adequate training, I need a 16-meter wall. And I just don't have 16-meter walls in Perth. So, so it really um, is flat in Perth. Yeah. It's so flat. There's literally no hills, no clutch control been, there. So. <laughs> Absolutely no clutch control. 
Um, educate us a little bit here for, for our viewers, our listeners that don't know the difference. Because I think speed took a lot of the spotlight. Yes. Because it looks so cool. It's seven seconds or eight seconds or whatever it's it is. Quick, easy, fast. I mean, what's that, 16 meters? 16 meters. So, mm. I mean, imagine you start at the bottom and you have to climb up 16 meters in and touch the top. It's incredible. In four but, seconds. But that's not your forte. No. Um, your lead and, and the and boulder. boulder. So speed is, is great to watch. It's incredible. But speed athletes train really, really hard. Not that lead and boulder athletes don't. But it's – I personally don't enjoy it because it doesn't give me the thrill that a boulder that I've never tried does. Okay. So you it's climb – flat out, right? I mean, it's literally – yeah. I'm going to get there as fast as possible. I might not even touch any of the holds sort of thing. I might fly up. <laughs> I got you. Okay. You just need a set of wings. <laughs> yeah, so it's the same route universally. So the same holds placed in the same position and every athlete has the same opportunity to get the fastest time. Um, and at the Tokyo Olympics, they actually put like, I think it was pressure pads or something in them to see how much force the athletes were using when they were pulling on these holds, which I think was really cool. That is very cool. I <laughs> uh, don't know what they'll do with that data, but we'll find out, I guess. Um, so that's, yeah, that's not my favorite one. And I'm really glad I didn't compete in it because I would have been bored. But then boulder and lead are different because lead is tall walls. So you've got 16 meters of wall and you've got one route and you're just going to try your best to get to the top. And then boulder is four minutes on, four minutes off. And four boulders. So you have four boulders. You got, you jump on the first one. You have as many attempts as possible. But the more attempts you take, the less your points will be. It's because it minuses a point, uh, minuses point one of a point every time you take an attempt okay. in a competition. So you ideally want to get the boulder on your first try because that means you get 25 points. I got you. Because each boulder is 25 points and it's out of 100 so the plan is to what we call flash everything, first attempt. So if you flash everything, you get 100 points. Then you're sitting pretty. Then you're sitting pretty. Then yeah. you're going into the lead round with 100 points under your, you know, under your bum and you can just give it your best shot and you, get, you can get really high. I assume your energy levels also aren't as depleted. If you're all made yes. well, in theory. In theory, yes. Yeah. Because every attempt you make obviously saps you. And the boulders that typically are made for competition-style climbing are, I mean, the climbers make them look easy. They make them look so easy. But in actual fact, like, I get home after a day of comp and I literally have to ask my dad to cut my chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the damage to the yes. hands. And I imagine that that calluses, it gets, yeah. it's a bit gnarly at times. It but is gnarly. But are we, uh, Steve, who's uh, part of the team, we've seen you in action just warming up. We were like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> that is like jumping and the way you move. So a little while back, and a big shout-out to J.P. Kruger, who's the EFC middleweight champion, interim champion. He has taken up sport climbing as part of his conditioning. That's a great way yeah, to so, go about it. I mean, he's a specimen as it is. Um and we were watching him and Steve and I were laughing because the levels watching you and JP, they're very, very different. You look like a ninja, you know, he's like all muscle and, like and forcing pull, it up. Pull, but pull, yeah. you know, I, I get it. And it's so physically demanding. But at the same time, 
I think mentally demanding because when you're getting the arm pump and your fingers aren't quite, you know, and the chalk's not sticking mm. and you're like, oh my goodness, how on earth am I going to get to that hold? I suppose that mental aspect plays a big role. It plays a huge role. And that is in fact, one of the biggest things I've worked on for the last year. My coach in Perth, as soon as we started our first session, he was like, what do you think we need to work on? And I was like, oh, definitely my slab climbing. My slab climbing is really bad. I, I can't do slab. What is slab climbing? So it's just a vertical wall oh, or okay. a, a wall that's kind of like, like that and you climb on this side, whereas the overhanging climb is you climb on that you. side. So I was just like, yeah, no, I can't do slab. I, I just They don't set proper slabs. I can't do dynamic climbs. We've got to work on that. And he was like, no. And I was like, excuse me? Pretty sure I know my own body. And he was like, no, no, you don't. And I was like, oh, okay, that's great, thanks. Uh, he was like, we need to work on your mental game. And oh my golly, was it a hard task. Okay. Because for climbing, you've also got to be confident and you've got to climb with intention. Now, shout out to Alan for teaching me this because I had no idea. And when I climb with intention and confidence and the belief that I know I can do it, my climbing just soars. It gets 10 times better. So m the mental aspect of climbing is insane because you get to a hold and you're like, oh, crap, you look down your fingers and, oh, my gosh, I'm bleeding. You know, what What do I do? Like, do I get off the wall? What do I do? So you've just got to, like, tape it up, <laughs> suck it up, and get back on the wall, Yeah. you know? And so I think mental is... Very, very important. Those climbers in the World Cup series that you see, they, for days, they mentally prepare. For weeks, months, the whole, every single training session, they are mentally preparing because it is no easy feat. You're going against some of the strongest people in the world, you know. But at that same time, you can't always just be, like, so composed and serious. You have to also have fun. Yeah. Because people climb their best when they're having fun. Sure. Especially, like, friendly competition can make you a better climber. Okay, I got that. Because you, there's no pressure, but you're pushing yourself. There's, there's a little bit of bragging rights involved. <laughs> yes. A little banter. Um, so, I mean... Okay. Me yeah, the mental aspect for me is something that I've really got to work on now because going into the Olympics, I've got to be able to recognise that, yes, I may not be as good as the rest of the squad that, are going to, that I'm going to compete against, but I can also make South African records. Absolutely. So I need to go in there with the confidence that I'm going to make South Africa proud. Africa proud. Africa. Yeah. Sorry, it's no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I think the mental aspect, because the, the physical aspect is huge as well. You get on the wall and you train, but you can't train to your full potential unless your mental game and your mental headspace is going in the right direction. Let me ask you this then. I mean, you get to Paris it's the, the morning or the evening of the, the first event and you look around, it's household names. Um, these athletes are people you look up to, that you yeah. that inspire you. Is that kind of going to be like a bit of a, a moment that you have to overcome and sort of set aside so that you can focus on, you know, producing the goods? Because I imagine that can be quite intimidating too when you see someone that's essentially the, the Tiger Woods of sport climbing. Well, you, you know, I'm just putting that as an example. But 
the same time, though, it's a huge opportunity for you to test how far you've come yeah. and potentially upset the odds on the biggest stage of them all. So I think if I met them outside of competition hours, so before competition we all go into isolation because you can't see what you're climbing. All right. So we all go into isolation. So I think when I'm in isolation, I have to compose you myself. You guys blindfolded or something? No, it's I just, just... I just have that scene, like a CIA black site, you know. You guys have these Not things. Not quite. No, you can't see. You cannot see the wall. You know, you know what I mean? Sorry. Unfortunately not. If only it was that. No, it's Maybe just a little cool. like secluded area that um, that they block off and they have like a warm-up wall and okay. some what we call hang boards, which just help your fingers warm up. And so pull-up bars, etc. So when we go into isolation, I reckon I'll have to like calm down, compose, be like, these are just normal people. They're not my competitors. I they're am, also nervous. They're, yeah, they're also nervous. They also have feelings. They also have emotions. This is also a really big day for them. So they're also going to be composed and they're going to look at me and be like, oh. What okay. is she going to do? She, <laughs> might, she might surprise us. She might, know, yeah. The unknown. The underdog. Uh, so not a bad place to be. Not a bad place to be at all. I came. I think I came into Africa Cup being the underdog. Okay. We'll talk about that in a second, I'm sure. So, but if I were to meet them in the Olympic Village and we weren't, it wasn't competition day, I'd be like, oh my gosh, can I be a fangirl? Selfie, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> definitely. But, you know, I think I'll go in there and because I have no expectations and I don't think many people do, like I have expectations to, to be the best I can be. But I also really just want to embrace it all and have the best time ever. I want to get out there and be like, oh, my gosh, this looks cool. I want to climb that, you know, and then just try my absolute best. Just absorb everything. Everything, yeah. Yeah, that, that, I think that's a great approach mm. because there's no pressure on you. There's no pressure you know, on at me. At the end of the day, you're representing the continent, your country, um, your community in Aussie. Yeah. Um, and everyone loves and supports you. So, I mean... What do you have to lose? Exactly. So don't have anything to lose. It's only so cool. gain. But you've also worked your socks off to get there. I mean, I've seen the graft. I mean, like you were saying now, yeah. the Africa Cup, the qualifier. I mean, it was a bit touch and go. I mean, you snuck it sort of at the end of the day. But I'll tell you a story about last year. Please do. <laughs> the stage is yours. Okay, so I moved to Perth in 2022 in June or July. July 2022. I'd just finished the World Games and I'd gotten to Perth and I was like, oh my God, this is so new. This is so fresh. Ah, I've moved continents twice this year. I don't know if I can do this. Absolutely hated Perth for the first six months. I was like, I really, this is... You miss home. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I was homesick. Um, and so anyway, I went home for three months and I, I, I looked at myself and I was like, what are you doing? Your dad's given you this f amazing opportunity to go study abroad and potentially get into a better country that can give you better opportunities. Why are you being sad? Why are you moping? So last year I made it my absolute goal to make the most of everything. So <laughs> got in first semester was great. Studied my bum off. Um, did a field trip down south with my class, which was also awesome. We worked on bivalves, which are mollusks. Super, super cool. Met. That's the ones with the long sparty things that eat the... Blue bottles. They have no. On the, the proboscis, I think. They have a siphon. Uh, I don't know what it's called. I've just, <laughs> just seen them munching and on blue foot. bottles when I've been to the beach. So. <laughs> yeah, they have a those foot. Are, aren't those snails? Maybe. 
There's, there's a gastropod. You're the marine biologist. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Aaron, please carry on. And carry I know Australian <laughs> marine biology. Anyway, so first semester went really well. Mark's great, whatever. And my dad said to me before my degree, he was like, Lauren and Christopher, if I send you to this university, you will finish in the allotted time of the degree and you will pass every single unit. They don't call them modules in Aussie. Okay. They call them units. So I was like, oh, okay, that's pressure. Yeah. So because I went to America in 2022, I missed out on doing two units for the year. So instead of doing eight, I did six. So I had to catch up last year. So I caught up in last semester. But it was wild because I was doing a work placement and I was studying and I was full-time training and I was trying to live my life. <laughs> so I spent three days working for a government, government organization a week, usually, dependent. And then every day I would train. And then two days a week I would go to uni. And it was just crazy. Like, I mean, up at five, bed by 11. Like, my days were just completely jam-packed. And then the time came to, like, start actually thinking about Africa Cup. And I was like, oh, my God. And so I hadn't done any lead training the, the whole year. Wow. So I was like, oh crap, okay, I've got to get I've got to get some endurance yeah. and I've got to I've got to learn how to climb lead again. Like I haven't done this for a whole year. I need some more training. So I was like, okay, I'll try fly home 6 weeks before the comp. So I got a flight in November. I think it was the 7th of November I flew home. And I hadn't even finished university yet. I submitted like three assignments by the time, like when I, while I was in South Africa. Can't send as you boarding the plane type thing. <laughs> yeah. So I submitted those assignments and then I had to write an exam in South Africa. So I wrote my final university exam in Rivonia, which wow. was crazy. Yeah, that's, and, that's something else. Yeah. And then I got told that the competition date had been moved forward. So I didn't have six weeks of training. I had four. Oh, wow. And I was like, this is not good. So Full. you would have felt undercooked for this one. Yeah. And the training days were really hard. I mean, the mental capacity I had was just so low. I was burnt out from the whole year. Like the year was crazy. I didn't, I had one week of break between uni because I started my work placement early. And so I just like, I was just like, go, go, go. And then the mental toughness of the lead training for four weeks and only four weeks was like, oh my gosh. So every session I was just like, oh my God, what if I don't get this? Like, I'm so nervous. I was shouting at Devin and I was like angry with you. There's no reason to be angry with him at all. I was just taking my anger and frustration out that I, you know, that this date had been moved. And so, well, technically I had five weeks, but the last week was kind of like a rest week. So comp came around and I had just finished my degree, but my lecturer was emailing me saying, I haven't gotten your exam if the marks show up that you got a 43% don't be alarmed you didn't get a 43% when your exam arrives because they had to like post it to Australia it's not digital no oh wow like they had to post the hard Let's copy in a bottle, shall we, and, <laughs> and ship it, it off to sea yeah. okay. so I was like oh my gosh what if I fail this like what if they don't get it so I was stressing about uni and me not graduating anyway comp comes around and I'm like okay everything aside Let's just give it my all. I'm here for 
three days. Like, let's just go. <laughs> we get into the isolation area for the first day. This we, is in Pretoria, right? Yes. Yeah. Loftus, Fashfold. So we get into isolation and it starts raining. Well, which is exactly what you want. Exactly what we want. The mats are wet, the holds are wet, everything's wet. So they, oh, my goodness. So the IFC official walks into the isolation area and he's like, guys, it's been postponed by an hour. So not only have I warmed up, ready to go for this competition, now I'm cooling down. So I warm up again, closer to the time comes, sorry. That's when you were jumping on those things, right? And yeah. Well, they didn't have the campus rings there, oh, okay. but I was doing pull-ups and hanging on hangboards yeah. and climbing on the little wall that they had in the, in the Blue Bulls gym. So I warmed up for the second time. He came and he was like, no, another hour, it's still wet. We were like, oh, okay. You must be going like, what on earth am I doing here? Is this even worth it? <laughs> is this, yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so, bear in mind, I've had curveballs the whole year and now I get to this competition and it is the competition of my career. And now I've warmed up twice. So I cool down again and I'm just like, chill, I'll have a snack. Like, so the first lady goes out. So I'm like, okay, she's gone out. Okay, okay, let's. So you Let's, can't see anything No. you hear the isolation. Mm. You can't tell how they've done anything like Nothing. that. Nothing. You don't know until you have finished climbing. That's a pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I quite like that. Yeah. So if yeah. you're the first person out, you can watch everybody oh, sure. else. Yeah. So but you don't want to be the first person out, do you? Th- it's kind of nerve wracking. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because then you've set the. It's the same with the downhill downhill mountain bikers and all that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Skiers. Set the time and they will sit on that chair waiting. Yeah, exactly. So, but you know that they're going to climb because when they get called out, obviously they get called out to go to the wall and then they climb. So the first lady got called out. The second lady got called out. And I was like, okay, okay. I'm going or third, third last or whatever it was. I can't even remember. Uh, I'll start warming up again. Start warming up. I get warm. I'm like, okay, cool. Third, t- third time warmed up. Let's go. I'm ready. <laughs> and then... I get into the isolation behind the wall because now, so if I don't know if you know what Loftus looks like. Yeah. So you have the Blue Bulls gym, mm-hmm. and then you have that field, and then on the other side there's another field. Yeah. So the wall was on that field. So behind that wall there was another isolation area for us. So it would go from Blue Bulls gym to isolation to climbing. So I get behind the behind the wall, and they're like, okay, and then it starts raining. Are you kidding? So I'm like staying there with my TheraBand, like trying to warm up my hands again, like can't really do anything. And they're like, okay, it's time to climb. Dried the mats, dried the holds, chalked everything up again. And I was like, okay, let's go. <laughs> this is it. Get out onto the first climb. Thankfully I sent it, which means, I think it was second attempt. But I think, so sent it means like finish the climb. So you don't flash. You sent. You sent, okay. Yeah. I'm learning <laughs> a lot. Uh, so I sent the climb and then I went back into ISO, waited my four minutes of rest, went back out onto my second climb. And on my second climb, I got pulled off the wall because it started raining again. Oh, my word. So I was already two minutes into like, that climb. Going, oh, the climbing gods, what <laughs> message are they sending me here? Exactly. So I got pulled off the wall with two minutes left and I hadn't finished the climb. So I went back into isolation and, you know, what? I was just like, you know, this is where the mental toughness comes yeah. in. Clearly things haven't gone to plan, but I'm going to take this. I'm going to use the rest and I'm going to think about what I need to do on my climb. Go back into isolation. 
So you've seen it though. I've seen it now. So going back into isolation. I could think yeah, about what yeah. I was doing, okay. which was a positive Blessing thing. Blessing in disguise, potentially. Yeah. So I get out there, get on the wall, one go sent, back in. So now if you send your climb in the first minute, you now have your leftover three minutes and your four minutes of rest. Seven so minutes. Seven minutes of rest, That's which big. is which yeah. is good. Yeah. That's really good in terms of, like, if you're doing a really hard boulder, you want the rest. Anyway, so I go out onto my third climb, went all smoothly, no rain, got onto my fourth climb, and it starts raining again. <laughs> so I look back at the judge and I'm like, he's like, no, it's fine. I was like, excuse me? <laughs> it's fine. There's, there's water on my shoes. Yeah, what does that mean? So anyway, I finished, I didn't finish, I didn't send the climb at all. I didn't even get five points, which is quite upsetting. I didn't, I honestly didn't know what to do. I was stuck. Yeah. Uh, and so I went to appeal because I was like, man, I was like, the holds were wet. Like, can you not just like give me two minutes to try again or something? And he was like, nah. Okay. So I was like, oh crap. Okay. Whatever. Bowled around, finished. And then we had to go for the lead round a couple hours later. And thankfully... It rained a little bit, but it wasn't too postponed. Um, and so I climbed the lead and I managed to get into... At the end of the boulder round, I was in third place. Uh, and at the end of the lead round, I was in second place. So the, the lead really brought my score up. And so because of the semi-final placings, I managed to, like... So whatever you place, they reverse the order for finals. Okay. So if you come in first in the semis, you'll climb last mm. in the finals. So it's kind of nerve-wracking. So I was climbing then seventh in the finals, and that would go throughout the whole entire finals day. So, so I was like, okay, second. Just got to push it a little bit more the next day. So I go home, have a good rest. My dad cuts my chicken for me. Because I was like, Dad, I can't, I can't cut my chicken. Please, can you feed me? <laughs> hands <laughs> um, are done. Yeah, hands are done. Forearms are done. Shoulders are done. Yeah. Everything's done. Have a nice hot soak in a bath with some Epsom salts. Thank you, Dr. Teals. You're great. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> shout out, Dr. Teals. You are yeah. doing shout outs. So for it. <laughs> okay. Um, and so I wake up the next morning and we were only climbing much later in the evening. So we had quite a bit of days, day of rest, you know. Like I only got there at like 4 p.m. Yeah. Needed to be an ISO by, I think it was six. By the time we got into ISO, well, I was walking down to ISO. So from D field to C, I think it was C field and then to ISO, to the Blue Bulls training area. And I look up and there's like thunder and lightning. So I start, I put my You'd headphones. Like, You've got to be kidding me. Yeah. Put my headphones on and I'm like, okay, just forget about it. We're going into the zone. Like now is the time. Focus, focus, focus. And I put on a song called Voila, which is this French girl singing. And she has the most incredible voice. And I don't know why it just touched me. It's just, I don't know. I'm just addicted to the song. Channeling Paris in a way. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Actually, you're right. So I'm like, okay, so go into isolation. But it starts bucketing now. So the, the officials are like, okay, no, we'll just wait. Like, let's wait like 20, 25 minutes. They come in after a little while longer and they're like, go home, postpone till tomorrow morning. Oh, man. So I was like, oh. I came back from Australia for this, <laughs> you know. 
But so I was like, okay, I, I get that they can't control the weather, but like the poor spectators, they like Devin almost got struck by lightning. Oh wow! Okay. Like like ten, <laughs> not even ten meters so away from their him. they life on the line. They here. had like metal gazebos up on the field and camping chairs and like oh sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, and it is. So I mean, it was thunderstorm central in that time of year. So and shame, my poor godparents had come out to watch me in this bucketing rain. So we actually all just went for dinner. And then I was like, I've got to get home. I've got to get a good night's rest. And in actual fact, that was, that was also a very good blessing in disguise for me because I have figured out that I compete better when I climb in the morning. Okay. Because I get up, I get out of bed, I make my bed, I have a shower, I eat something, and I go. Yeah. Whereas if it's in the afternoon, I'm like, oh, I just rise out of bed at like 9, 10, faff, scroll through Instagram going to a hole and it's just not good. Yeah. So I woke up the next morning at 4.30, drove all the way to Loftus. Bear in mind, I live in Bryanston, guys. <laughs> it's a far, far way away. And so I get there and everything's good. The weather is playing ball. Get on the wall, climb my, my final spoulders. And I managed to be the only female to send one of the climbs in the final boulder routes. Oh, amazing. So, but bear in mind, I didn't know this. You can sort of judge by the crowd who sent what or flashed or, or, you know, because they cheer. Yeah. So after the boulder round, we had 20 minutes of rest where we all had to stay in isolation and we could talk to each other. When we're in isolation, we can't talk to each other. So when we're behind the wall about to climb and we're going back and forth from four minutes on, four minutes off, we're not allowed to talk to each other at all. We have to be completely silent. You're allowed to ask for water from the officials. You're allowed to, you know, I need a physio, I need a doctor, what, 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 but you can't talk to each other. Okay. So after the old round, everybody's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, Lauren, did you send a climb? Did you send a climb? And I was like, yeah, didn't you guys? And they were like, no. And I was like, whoa. That means I'm in the lead. Yeah. So I was like, sort of put two and two together. And I was like, holy cannoli. This is crazy. But everybody in isolation, once they came back from a climb, looked super sad. And I was just there, like, listening to the music, like, bopping up and down. I was like, hell I yeah. Got this. this is sick. This is cool. <laughs> like, even though I didn't know I was in the lead at the time, I was like, having a jaw. Because we... In finals round, you get viewing time. So you get to see your lead route and you get to see your boulders. And you have eight minutes to view your boulders. So I went out there and I looked at every climb and I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. And you're confident here. You're feeling good. I felt good, but it's always different when you get onto the wall and you touch the holes. Sure. Because you're, you're only allowed to touch the star holds in your viewing time. You can't touch anything else. So, but I knew that the second climb of the day I was I could do because Alan and I had practiced it for 10 months. Literally every single training day we were doing jumps. We were doing dynamic climbs. We were head spacing it. We were everything. So I was like, this is the climb that I can get for sure. So, you know, every time I went out and back in, I would think about my next climb. I wouldn't go back. Yeah. Think about the next one, process it. What am I going to do? How am I going to do it? How am I going to execute it? And nobody else was doing that. Everybody was like, oh, my God, I didn't get that climb. I'm so sad. Like, oh. And I was just thinking forward and bopping to the music. Anyway, we finished the boulder round. I don't officially know that I'm in the lead, but I 
kind of assume I was. And we go out to view the lead route and I'm asking my comp- competitors, like, what are you guys going to do? You know, like, because we all collaborate. Yeah, it's a, all, still a good community. Like, everyone gets on. Yeah, like, you're not friends on the day, but you're friends on the day. Sure. So I'm like, well, you know, what are you going to do this section? You know, are you going to drop your knee? Are you going to, you know, get a lock? What are you What are you going to do? And so we, we talk through it and we go back in and everybody goes out and in and out and in because they finish their lead comes. You only have one attempt. You, if you fall, you fall. That's it. Game over. Game over. Mm. So even if you get like a little foot slip and you come off, sorry, that's it for you. All right. So the stakes are high. The stakes are high in lead. They're and very, very high. Time. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is where I needed to really try very, very hard because I was like, oh, who, this yeah. is it. This is the last climb. If I do this, I go. I get that ticket. That's cool. And but also stressful. <laughs> so, you know, like I'd been watching these tickets being handed out the whole year. Yeah. And, you know, like Bern, Switzerland and all the other And these OQEs. were the last ones, I think, if I'm not mistaken or... Uh, these were the ones... But definitely in sport climbing, it was the last... These were, so the, the eight ones that were handed out last year were the Olympic qualifying events. I think continent-based. Okay, I got you. I got you. And there's an OQS starting this year because there's eight of us. So I think there's another 12 spots available. There's 20 athletes, male and female, and okay. four, 14 for speed, male and female. So there's still opportunity for... There's still opportunity. Because there's the four representatives yeah, at the moment. Yeah. There's 68 sport climbing athletes that can go to, for all disciplines, to go to the Olympics. Okay. So I get to this climb and I'm like, okay, look at the climb and look at my B layer. The guy that is, you know, helping me with the rope yeah. and making sure that I don't that I die. Absolutely. You know, it's like important job. It's still a dangerous sport at the end of the day. It's not. <laughs> Very. Yeah. So I look at Jeff and I'm just like, Jeff, you got me? He's like, I got you. I was like, sweet, let's go. Jump on the climb and I'm breathing through it. Breathing through it, go, go, go. And then I get to like 30 points because the lead route's also out of 100. So I get to 30 points and I look back and everybody's cheering so loudly and I'm like, what? Okay. This is clearly the furthest anyone's been Yeah. or gotten. So I'm climbing and I'm climbing through and I get to a really difficult section. <laughs> And I actually hear one of the guys that I've climbed with for the last, call it four years. His name's Luke. I hear Luke. She's got this in the bag. She's looking smooth. No stress from the crowd. Okay. And he, he's saying this to Devin, and I don't know how I heard this, but I just heard Luke saying this, and I was like, yeah, smooth. I got this. No issues. So I just keep climbing, and I try my hardest, and I eventually fall off. And now this is, this is it. Like, Rowan's got to climb, and that is the decider. Yeah. If she gets one hold further than me, she wins. And all this was, you know, in vain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting there with literally my hands on my head watching Rowan climb, and she gets to where I get and where I fell off. And she falls going for the next hold, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm like... So everybody's like, I think you've got it. I think you've got it. And I was like, really, really, really? Oh, my gosh. And then they're like, yeah, you got it. So I ran and I just jumped into Deb's arms and I was just like, we did it. That's amazing. And then I cried on my mom. I was like, we did this. <laughs> All the hard days. 
<laughs> so no, it was a very emotional moment for me, and well, it was a really tough year. Yeah, exactly. You've overcome so much. It was a rough year. And now, you you have your sights set on the biggest sporting stage of them all, which is pretty yeah. pretty epic. Um, I've got a few more minutes, so I just want to find out, like in South Africa at the moment, what's your advice to like. Beginner climbers. Yeah, because there are options for them to go and learn and there's Definitely. some fantastic classes. But I imagine it's just about educating and, and saying that there's no barrier to entry here. No, there's literally no barrier to entry. If you are serious about wanting to actually get into to climbing, buy a pair of shoes and a chalk bag and you'll fall in love with it. Uh, there are Inside Edge hosts club climbing for children. And for adults as well, private lessons for adults. And you can do one session and, you know, you can teach you everything you need to know. And if you want to come back and learn to get stronger and stronger, you can continue doing lessons with him or with his team. Otherwise, you can just go with your mates. I mean, there's no – you've just got to rock up. You can also rent shoes. City Rock does rentals. So you, you just can, say rock up yeah. to City Rock? Yeah. Okay. I like the usage there. Yeah. <laughs> Rock up. Just rock up. It's a wall you climb, yeah, all this. So, yeah, you've just got to, if you want to climb, just climb. Yeah. They do rentals, the Rock does rental shoes. So. It really is a great facility. No, it, it really, really is. is. It's world class. Yeah. It is world class. And I'm sad that I can't get the elite boulders that I need from them. Because yeah. if I could, I would be staying. Which is fair. But I suppose you also have to do what's yeah. best for your preparation and. And at that elite level, which it is, you need to be practicing and testing yourself at an elite level. No, exactly. And you know what? I understand their business model is catered towards beginner climbers. It's the beginner market. They want to ensure that they get enough climbers to, you know, run a business and expose people to it rather than focus on creating the elite ones. Yeah. So... And fear of heights, is that something that, you know, a lot of people do suffer from a fear of heights? And is that something that they should consider when when starting, you know, getting into the sport? Yes. But at the same time, you have boulder, which is not as high. So you don't necessarily have to do lead or top rope or, you know, the tall walls. You can also just do boulder. Yeah. And then you can just climb down and drop a little. It's not very far. It's only like four and a half meters. Only. (laughs) Only. <laughs> Onto a soft mat. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> um, Lauren, lastly, I've got to ask you this. When you get to Paris, you know it's time for the event, your first event. What do you think is going to be going through your mind? Because you've overcome so much to get to this place. You must also feel, and you're going to get this question a lot, but you must also feel like this is my chance to go out and express myself and have fun. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to, I don't know what I expect. But all I know is that it's going to feel unreal. It's going to feel real and unreal at the same time. Like I'm going to get there and I'm going to be like, holy, holy cannoli. Wow. I did this? Really? Is this, did did I really achieve this? Wow. I'm impressed. (laughs) You're an Olympian. (laughs) And no one can ever take that away from you. No, exactly. So I think I'm going to be shocked, but I think I'm also going to be proud. Well, I know that you've done 
the continent proud and that you'll do us proud when you get to to Paris and yeah keep up the amazing work and Thank yeah we you. look forward to catching up with you just before the Olympic Games so yeah I'll see you soon safe travels back to Australia and thank you for spending time with us Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was great. Lauren McIver <laughs> is sport climbing at the Olympic Games representing South Africa and she'll be doing us proud there. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening and continue to like and subscribe. I appreciate your time. A big shout out to our partners at Betway. Check out betway.co.za for more information.